Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Hello, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court, and where marriage unchanged, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage i mean dating and courting in the catholic faith why because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage in this 187th episode the holy lover series ends with how to save my catholic marriage with my Catholic, uh, well, my wife has just plain given up. And today we go into the last part of gift number 30, how intimacy outside the bedroom is just as important as intimacy inside the bedroom, part three, plus live calls from you. So also, if you are getting value as this podcast goes along today and you want to help other marriages, please share the show. Don't wait getting that cue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And our quote of the day is the same as it has been the last two shows, um, but but the quote is so in-depth it needs to be heard. <laughs> so let's do this quote the differences between sex and love love is primarily in the will not in the emotions or the glands the will is like the voice the emotions are like the echo the pleasure associated with love or what is today called sex is the frosting on the cake its purpose is to make us love the cake not ignore it the greatest illusion of lovers is to believe that the intensity of their sexual attraction is the guarantee of the perpetuity of their love. It is because of this fail to distinguish between the glandular and spiritual or between sex, which we have in common with animals, and love, which we have in common with God, that marriages are so full of deception. What some people love is not a person, but the experience of being in love. The first is irreplaceable. The second is not. As soon as the glands cease to react with their pristine force, couples who identified emotionalism and love claim they no longer love one another. If such is the case, they never loved the other person in the first place. They only loved being loved, which is the highest form of egotism. End quote. Venerable Archbishop. Fulton J. Sheen, book three to get married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion.
All right, let's rock this, gentlemen. So uh, today we are going over the last part of the three uh, the three rekindling closeness uh, lists. Um, the first two, the first one is rekindling closest to heart. The second one was rekindling closest to physical. And today will be rekindling closest conversation. Perfect. And again, these are the 39 ways to rekindle closeness outside the bedroom. And today's holy lover gift is number 30, which states a holy lover understands intimacy outside the bedroom is just as important as intimacy inside the bedroom. And a lot of people may not understand that or not care or not really believe that it's true. But I am here to uh, attest that women wise are this is very, very important to them. And I've been preaching this for heck, probably nine, eight, nine years now. And um, I just wish that guys would really understand that how important this is to their wife. It really cultivates the closest in your relationship, in your marriage, um, which then flows down to your children and things like that. And why is intimacy outside the bedroom so important? Well, it builds a strong emotional connection, which is, of we, as we know about now, which is the most important thing for ladies. Okay. It keeps your wife, um, it helps your wife trust you. So if you and your wife are very intimate outside the bedroom and you're very um, you're very loving to each other. You have great conversations. You do a lot of things together. Um, you enjoy being with each other, your best friends. Then automatically what starts to happen is trust comes, vulnerability and trust, which are two of the most important things in a great marriage. Okay. And then it helps her realize that you are not just using her for her body. Women don't like to be used for their body. I know today they act like they do. They act like they don't care, but man, they really do. Once they really start to love you and, and care about you, they have an expectation that you, that their body, not they're not stupid. They know that their body is important, but they also understand their soul, their character, um, their uh, personality, all of these things. It's, it's a one, it's a, it's a package. It's not a one thing. Um, and in the Catholic church, it is, we, the, the church really, Christ goes really, really deep into using each other as a, a tool, an object in, in marriage. Okay. Why do so many of us forget that uh, our wife, um, we don't prepare our wife for love because we just forget, not just that we don't forget, we're busy. We don't, we think that since we're married now, we don't have to do the things that we used to do before that she should understand that. Wives are the same way. They don't do the things they used to do when we went, they were dating their husband. But what I say to that is, as I always say, if you want things to change in your family, you as the husband and the father must change first. Then you will see that things will start to change how you want. Sometimes you have to guide your wife because she doesn't understand a lot of things, especially if you've been listening to me for a long time. Um, these things just don't happen. You have to guide your wife in the faith, guide your wife with a great marriage is guide your wife into not keeping secrets and being selfish and all that stuff. Because I know I'm not, I'm, I'm very, I understand that it's just not the husband that's selfish. Women are selfish too. We all are selfish. That's because we're broken. We don't really understand our purpose of what we're supposed to be doing. And one of the main reasons selfishness is the murder of marriage is because Christ wasn't like that. Cry, it's 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 uh, 
selfishness is a thing that just is like a cancer and it, it, it runs deep into us and it takes prayer and understanding masculinity and femininity and understanding what those two things are about and understanding God and how Christ wants us to be. And then through a lot of prayer, you can root out selfishness. You really can. Okay. So real quick, before we take a, our first break, we're going to go into the, the, the last, let me see, the, the first two lists that we talked about uh, on the last two shows. And then we'll take a break and come right back and start hitting up on the last because it's going to take a little while. Okay. Um, but first, we want to understand again that with our wife, our beloved's intimacy and thirst for you. So your wife's intimacy and thirst for you. Now you may say thirst. Yes, thirst. Your wife's thirst for you is directly tied to the closeness she feels for you. No closeness, no intimacy, no desire for you, no sex, period. And if you guys take a take a second and just think about the things we're going to go over today and we went over in the last couple of shows, you got to ask yourself Am I doing these things? Was I doing these things and stuff like that? Okay. And so with that being said, let's do this. The closer, um, also taking our wife for granted kills closeness, treating your wife like she's a partner, like she's a buddy, like she's one of your friends that you, that you, um, that you just hang out with or not, or really ignoring her and neglecting her. Because, you know, when I walk home, she come home, she's going to always be there. Taking our wife for granted is one of the quickest ways to ruin our marriage because she starts to feel, well, if he just, if he treats me like this, he must not care about me. And, of course, that takes a long time. Women are very, once they're attached to you, they are very, once women are attached to you, it's very hard for them to disconnect from you. So guys will go years and decades and then all of a sudden their wife is, look, I'm done. And they don't understand why. The first problem with that is the wife allowed the craziness to go on for all those years and didn't say anything. Or she nagged him and nagging a man ain't going to get you anywhere, but just ignored. But like I try to say is when you sit a husband down and you tell him what the problem really is, if he's an approachable man and he loves you and cares about you, which most husbands do, they will listen to you and they will try to change. But even when they do, if if, if that change is ingrained in them since childhood or something, a man's not going to change in two weeks. OK, you've got to give him time once you sit him down and explain to him what hurts you, because that is what the thing is with women. It's not that they're angry or mad or they, they they just get hurt really easy. And this is why your wife, when your wife loves you, you have to you have to take care of her emotionally. You have to really um, she know that she's fragile when it comes to you, not necessarily anybody else. But when it comes to you, you're her beloved husband, the man of her dreams, the man of her children, the father of her children. She's very sensitive and you can really hurt her if you raise your voice, if you argue with her, if you call her names, if you ignore her, um, if you don't give her enough attention, you know, and things like that. Okay. So that is why taking your wife for granted can really kill your marriage. So today I want, as we go over these things today, I want you to, to look, to ask yourself, I want you to ask yourself and think about over the years that you've been with your wife, you know, 
Did you stop doing these things or did you even do them at the beginning? A lot of times women will give us a, 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 a women will give us a a pass at the beginning of a relationship if she thinks we're cute, if we think if she thinks we have um, if she thinks we have a potential, if she thinks that we are a good person, if we treat her nice um, and, and we're and, and, you know, we, we start building emotional connection. Women or wives will give you a pass because women don't give you a pass when they're dating you. Why? Because I can change him. Oh, when we get married, you know, that's going to, you know, all that's going to change. But I'm here to tell you if a wife, I mean, if a girlfriend or a boyfriend is acting a certain way that you, that you don't like when you get married, it only gets worse. It doesn't get better. So this is why I have the rule of, deal breakers when you're dating you have to ask yourself say you you and your girlfriend go out to eat and she stuffs her mouth with food and talks to you with food in her mouth and doesn't have any kind of manners when it comes to eating you gotta decide for yourself man can i put up with that when we marry (laughs) you know right some guys can some guys can't some guys doesn't matter you know, if you are a woman and, you know, you and your uh, husband, I mean, you and your boyfriend are, are dating and he let's say he's in a gentleman. He doesn't open the door for you. He didn't say please and thank you. He's not really that. He's really like a kind of gruff kind of dude. Um, and, you know, can you put up with that when you're married? Because when you get married to him, that is not going to get better. So either you have to try to try to tell him before you get married what's going on and how you know you don't like how he's being rude and stuff or the good thing is if you don't sleep with him you don't care you go find somebody else and you break off the relationship those are deal breakers and those are very important before you get married not after you get married so as we go through these things today guys think about your dating time think about your first years of marriage and think about your marriage now and ask yourself, was I doing these things? Am I doing these things? And could I be a better husband? Could I do things better? Because remember, when you change, she'll change. Okay? So, as we go over, uh, let's go over the first the first few, the heart, the list of heart. So, rekindling closest to heart. Um, number uh, Building closest with your beloved wife daily by making love to her outside the bedroom. And that's what I mean. Making love outside the bedroom is what I call rekindling closeness checklist. Okay, it's it's you know building an uh, intimate, loving, caring relationship outside the bedroom with your wife, which in essence is making love to her outside the bedroom. And then when you get in the bath at the bedroom, it enhances your intimacy even more. And then that's kind of like the second phase of love making. Okay, so touching number one is touching, two is hugging and holding for at least 20 seconds, three is cuddling, four is kissing, five is caressing, six, a playful pat on the rear end, seven, showing enormous amounts of appreciation in all she does. Number eight, look deeply in her eyes, just as you did at the start of your relationship. Number nine, watch and admire how she moves. Number 10, tell her you love her and deep and in depth with deep and in depth sincerity. Number 11, kiss her deeply and passionately every day. Kiss her so deep that you both completely lose yourselves in each other. Number 12, I want you to be totally and completely into her again as you were when you're dating. Surprise her with your love, encompassing complete intensity and focus on her. 
13. Begin learning once again everything about her as if things are set anew. Believe it or not, over the years, your wife has grown and has many new things to share with you if only you would explore her. Number 14 is one of my favorites. Be playful. Number 15, become is probably the most important thing out of everything in this list. Become your wife's best friend. How do you become someone's best friend? You sacrifice your interest for theirs. You become completely interested in their interests because you love them. Um, you have meaningful and eventful conversations about their passions. You show them that you completely and totally have their best interests at heart. And you do this all with an eagerness and a great attitude. And finally, you listen to your beloved wife without interrupting her. Okay, that's the rekindling closest to heart. Now let's get the rekindling closest to physical. Okay, and this is the show we did yesterday, the second part, part two. Number 16, whisk her away on a three-day weekend periodically. So the physical is physical things that you can do that are basically like romance type of things, okay? 17, occasionally attend religious marriage retreats. Number 18, stay overnight in a local high-star hotel Saturday or Sunday or get real spontaneous and do one day during the week. Number 19, send her one flower or one bouquet if flowers every day for a week. Uh, number 20, pick a day and you cook a special candlelight dinner for her, a favorite dish of hers. Or if you can't cook, cook um, if you can't cook, uh, bring in a chef and have him cook in your kitchen in front of her or have the meal catered in. Number 21, get a warm bowl of oil. Uh, get a warm bowl or container of water and wash your beloved's feet after a long day. Then rub and massage them using lotion or oil. Number 22, give her the remote and tell her she can watch whatever she wants. <laughs> and you sit there and eagerly be interested to watch the program with her. Number 23, plan an activity or dinner date with her and one of her good friends and you pay for everything and you stay home and watch the kids while she goes out with her friends or friends. Number 24, call her on the phone and talk sexy to her, telling her how much you love her and care about her and want to please her and you want her to be happy and do this for at least five minutes. Number 25, Take her to lunch because you want to feel closer to her. And so that is the first 25. When we come back from break, we will stay. We'll start rekindling closest conversation. Perfect. And uh, we will really get into this because this is the probably the most important list out of all of them. So stay with me, guys. Let's have some fun. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. 
That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider... Marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, so if you are listening and you are having trouble with intimacy outside the bedroom um, and your intimacy inside the bedroom has basically crashed, give me a call at 313-RADICAL. And we will get specifically into your situation. Um, and I know sometimes it can it can seem a little intimidating to call, but as you see, I'm I don't you know I'm not one of those kind of hosts that really like tries to go off on people, make a person feel stupid and bad, and try to challenge you. No, if I challenge you, it's just to get you to have a you know to think about what's going on. But really, it's better if you call if you if you having problem in this having problems in this area. And um, I will do my best to help you with your specific situation. Um, a lot of times guys don't like what I say, not because I say it mean or something. They just don't like what I'm saying because most guys think that it's her fault. Everything her fault is nothing's my fault, you know. And so what I try to do is gently point out to you that you're the leader given by God. So your authority comes from God. So. Another thing people re- re- don't re- understand is that leader does not mean telling everybody what to do. Leading means two things. It means example, showing example, and serving. That's what a leader is, and that's what most feminists don't get either, and a lot of men don't get it either. You don't run leadership doesn't run around telling everybody what to do. Leadership in your home and any organization. I don't care if the president of the United States. It's what is going around and setting the example of what a real man is, a real father is, and a, and a real husband is in your home. And you, the other thing is, it's very important that you serve because when you serve, you gain a lot of respect, you gain a lot of love, you gain a lot of uh, trust. People trust you. Um, and um, and those things are what leaders in your home, leadership in your home is about. Okay. So try your best. If, if you have a question or you're having problems with this in your own home and your own marriage, give me a call 313 radical. But until then, let's get started with the third list of rekindling closeness conversation. Perfect. This is important because women fall in love with their ears. That's, if you think back to when you guys were dating, just because you're handsome didn't mean that your wife was falling all over you, right? Matter of fact, most women, no matter what they do, unless you work with them or something, no, all women are like this. They might be nice, but they're really, if you try to hit on them, they like automatically the fences go up. And your wife was probably like that too. The way I, I've always done it in my life, <laughs> done it, is I try to become the girl's friend first. When I was in high school, when I was a young kid, when I was in the 20s and 30s, I just realized that becoming a woman's friend 
is the best way to getting her to 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 drop her walls because then once she gets to know you and then you guys get closer it's easier to ask her out and say hey let's just go out for some coffee or hey you want to go to a movie because then it's not almost not like a real date it's kind of like you know you and her are hanging out and just trying to get to know each other um a lot of times when guys work with a woman and neither of them are married a lot of time off his romance to start because they're around each other and they, they, they see each other all the time. And then women, women feel comfortable and they don't put up their guard. Okay. So conversate, but, but doing all of that, what did you do? You had game, <laughs> you had game, baby. You talk with that silver tongue. Right. And she listened to you. Right. You told her that you thought she's attractive or you thought that she's nice and you thought whatever you like about your wife and you you have things in common. It's the same. You have to maintain that throughout your your marriage when you get married, because if you don't, your wife will stop trusting you because she doesn't know what's on your mind. This these guys who don't talk to their wife or neglect their wife and don't have conversations with their wife. They they get mad when they don't get sex or they get mad when their wife don't kiss them or hug them or they get mad when their wife is not wanting to be around them and stuff. Well, she don't. She's like, well, you got your thing. I got my thing now. This is how our marriage is going to be. And you have to learn or not learn. You All you guys know how to talk to a woman. You All of you do. If you're married, you all know how to talk to a woman. Okay. That is what you got to do. Let the woman know, your wife know what's on your mind and, and, and your day. When I say, when, and another thing too, man, when you ask, oh, I, this is gets into my crawl with people, women too. You come home, you ain't seen each other all day. And then somebody goes, hey, how was your day? It was okay. How was your day? It was fine. Well, okay. See you later. <laughs> no. Like when you ask your wife, how was her day? You're actually saying, if she says, okay, then the first thing you do is go, well, what happened? You know, who'd you talk to? Like, you know, what kind of, you know, did you have any special projects or, you know, whatever, you know, your wife's job or, or if she, even if she stayed at, she's a stay at home mother, it's the same thing. How was it with the kids today? You know, what did you guys do? You know? You know, I, I I haven't been around all day and I'm really interested in what you did. And if you show that you are completely into her, she will start to get again completely into you. And this is what Conversation Perfect is all about. As a man, you have to, the, the habit that you have to develop with your wife is you have to take the stuff that's in your head, put it to your mouth and work that muscle to talk to her. Because again, if you don't talk to her, somebody out there sure as heck will. And you, if you want to know what is on your wife's mind, if you want to know, um, look, another thing too, women who trust their husband and who, who her husband is approachable, they'll tell you when a guy tries to hit on them. i tell you an example. Because I am not immune to this stuff either. My wife was, uh, where's my wife at? My wife, I guess she was at work or something. She said the guy walked by and touched her butt. Try to cop the feel. Now, a lot of you guys will go, oh, man, what's crazy? Man, what did you do? I didn't do nothing. You know why I didn't do nothing? I ain't got to do nothing. My wife took care of it. 
But the thing about it is she told me, and this is what you men have got to understand. When you are approachable as a man, you have regular conversations with your wife. She trusts you. She's you vulnerable to her. She's vulnerable to you. You will talk about things and other talk about things that most couples don't talk about. Now, also in my marriage, too, just like in your marriage, talking about sex is like uncomfortable for my wife. But guess what? We do. It took a long time, but we talk about it. Even at 50s, in our 50s, we talk about it. You know why? Because it's important. Intimacy is important. Okay. And I want you guys to try your best to understand that intimacy inside the bedroom stems from your connection outside the bedroom. Okay. And once you get that connection, man, sex becomes easy. It becomes effortless. It really does. Okay. And so, and so, and all of this starts with what? Conversation. If you can't learn to get what's in your head, the things that happen to you throughout the day, if you can't get used to all that stuff that happens to you outside the day from the time you leave the house to the time you come back and you can't give that to your wife, your marriage is never going to be great. Never. Not even good. Not even good. It won't. Okay. And this is the thing that is hard for a lot of men to, to get, you know, to, to get through. And I'm going to try my best to help you with some stuff today. Okay. So that is what the conversation perfect list is about. So number 26, um, you must develop a habit of conversation. You must talk. You must ask her how she feels, what she thinks, her current dreams, wants and desires for her marriage, for herself and for you and the children, as well as her faith. That's a lot, isn't it? But it's the truth. The other night, me and my wife were sitting there watching TV and I asked her, hey, babe, what do you what do, what do you want? What do you want for the future right now? Like right now, what are you thinking for our future? What do you think? And she told me. And we just sitting there and watching TV and I, it just popped in my head. And that's nothing I do. I, look, guys, I'm not some great conversationalist. I'm just like you. I'm not some great conversationalist. I'm not some great. I have no magic formula. The thing of it is, when stuff pops in my head, I talk to my wife about it. That's the easiest way to think about it. If your wife is sitting there and you guys are sitting there and some pops in your head, you instead of sitting there contemplating on yourself, you open up your mouth or open your mouth and let your wife get involved in it, too. Okay, let's say you're working and and somehow some pops in your head, man. I really love my wife today. Let's just say that happens. We know what you know what I do. I pick up my phone and I text her. I love you. Bam. That's how you do it, man. It's no big secret. And your wife might not get it at the time because why? She might be on an assembly line or something or she might be in a meeting or whatever, but she'll see it. And, and that's how you got to look at it, too, man. If you want better intimacy outside the bedroom, you want you and your wife to be closer, you want your marriage to last a lifetime, this is one of the things that you've got to learn how to do. And that's why I'm being very passionate about this right now, because this is a stickler with everybody. Intimacy outside the bedroom and communication, they go hand in hand. If you can't get that, you can never build a great marriage. Never, never, never.
Okay. Uh, so number 27, strike up in-depth and meaningful conversations about the faith. Give her a chance to learn and embrace your interests by telling her passionately about your interests and teaching her and involving her in those interests. I could tell you what, over the years, I've had some great Catholics in my program, some really strong Protestant Orthodox Catholics too, but they lost a wife. You know why? Because especially Protestant preachers, I get tons of them. The number one thing, the reason Protestant preachers lose their wife is because they start putting a congregation above their marriage. This is why priests ain't married. Because <laughs> it's a very, very hard thing to do. And you guys listen to me who are Catholic, you know that is the truth. Okay? And I, I get a lot of Protestant preachers in my program. And the reason why is because they have not, they don't, they lose their wife. And when you're, when you're a Protestant, so the Protestants are what Baptists, uh, Methodists, non-denominational, blah, blah, blah. That kind of those, you know, that part of the Christian faith, uh, denominations, they being married and having a dutiful wife and a wife that loves you and you love her is important. Why? Isn't it? Because if you can't keep your wife happy, and she's upset and she's mad all the time. She's not going to want to be the, they call them first ladies now in the black community. I don't know what they call them in the white community, but in the black community, they call the preacher's wife. They call her the first lady, which is kind of weird to me, but whatever. But the problem is they start the guys, the, the preachers, no matter what sect they are, they start, they start to forget that the most important thing is God and their wife and marriage and their children and then their congregation because think about it like this if you're a preacher your congregation is your job it's not your bride in the catholic church a priest his bride his wife is the church is the congregation and this is the difference between a protestant preacher and a catholic priest and the reason it's different is because a priest knows every day he wakes up, he knows I got to pray for my congregation. I got to sacrifice and suffer for my congregation because that's my bride. Just like the church is was Christ's bride. And that's how you that's how you priests emulate Christ. And so that's how they are married. The priests are married to their congregation, to the laity. OK, a Protestant preacher. He is what? He is married to, he's not married to the congregation. So guess what? That's not his bride. So guess what? That's not his first responsibility. Of course, his still first responsibility is God. His second responsibility is his wife in marriage, and then his children, and then his job. His job is I'm the preacher of this congregation. You've this is how they preachers, they get it all screwed up. And they start getting this power complex and they start thinking, well, God wants me to do this. No, God wants you to save your marriage because that's your first duty. You got to get your wife and children to heaven, especially your wife. OK, and so that is that. And that's, I brought that up because when you um, are a man and your faith is like way up here, like you're praying every day. 
um, you're going to adoration, you're going to confession, you you are um, you're going to daily mass. Um, let's say you're an Orthodox Christian, you know, you go to Bible studies on Wednesday, you, you go to church on Sunday, you, you know, you pray a lot during the week, you go and help the homeless, you got, you know, all this stuff, you know, what you have to do is share these things with your wife. It's so important. If you don't share your life with your wife, she will start to get disconnected from you. And the faith is one of the main things that you two got to agree on. I got, I've had plenty of people that, that their wife, they're Catholic and their wife don't go to mass or she's a Protestant or, you know, a Baptist or something. They don't go to St. church or she'll go to his church or he'll go to her church, but they don't really t- talk about the faith or not because they'll stick with them. And this is the problem of the husband, of the man of the house. Many you having two faiths is detrimental to your marriage. It's detrimental to your marriage and it's detrimental to the children because the kids get confused. I can't tell many guys said, well, we've decided, you know, we've, we decided we're going to raise our kids Catholic. Okay, you're gonna raise the kids Catholic, but mama's going to the to, to Johnny Jojo's uh Baptist church on the corner of 21st and Capitol. That's where she goes to church. And then daddy, he goes to church to at St. John's somewhere, and the kids don't really know what's happening. And and this is why we have to learn how to have conversations about the faith. The reason people are not Catholic which is Christ church, the Christ, the church Christ started is because they don't understand. Most people, especially black people, we come from, we were raised in Protestantism. The people in the Southern belt, which is, uh, you know, in the Southern belt of the country, they were, they hardly no Catholic church around there. It's mostly Protestant churches because of what? The reformation, because of the reformation, you know, the reformation was 500 years ago or so, uh, a priest in the Catholic Church broke off from the church. His name was Luther. Then that started the Reformation. This is why you have all these different Protestant churches and denominations. That's why everybody as a Christian is not Catholic. Okay. And we, I can't get time to go, into, go, into, go into that today, but that's just the gist of it. Okay. And so when, as a the reason that most people aren't Catholic, because they don't understand it, they don't understand the history of the church where the Christianity even came from, how that worked itself out, the Bible, all that stuff. And so if you, like me, when I grew up, I didn't have no, I didn't even know what a Catholic was, you know, and not just that, we would jump around. My grandparents was Presbyterian. My other grandparents was, uh, was a uh, Jehovah's Witness. My grandfather was nothing because he didn't know my other grandfather was Presbyterian with my grandmother and my mom and daddy, they weren't doing nothing. And then every now and then we go to a Baptist church. I was totally confused, y'all. <laughs> you know, that is like exactly what I'm talking about. So you as the husband, you must take the lead in the faith. Now, look, a lot of times men aren't ready and many women can tell you that like Jerry, he just ain't ready. So that's when it, that's when the responsibility for the faith comes through the wife. And what the wife has to do is she has to get off her butt 
and stop bitching and whining and stop nagging to her husband. You don't go to church. You don't do this. You don't go to Bible study. You don't talk to the kids about the faith. Okay, first of all, you know what nagging does. It does nothing. Okay, so if you're a wife, the first thing you got to do if your husband is not ready to be the spiritual head of your family, the first thing you got to do is you got to do what? You got to pray for him. You got to ask God to change the heart of your husband to bring somebody else in his life because he ain't listening to you and help him to understand God and to be the man, that husband that you need. That's the first thing you do. The second thing you do as a wife is you got to take on the spiritual warfare of the family, right? You got to get some spiritual warfare prayers. You got to pray some rosaries. You got to, you got to get to adoration. You got to get to daily mass. You got to start meditating on scripture. You got to, you got to be, spiritual head of family to your man's ready. The third thing you got to do as a wife is what do you got to do? You got to guide him. You got to guide him to the faith. You got to guide him. You got to share stuff with him. Like you guys are sitting there watching TV, you know, find some stuff that he might be interested in. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to the faith, ladies, don't send your man this. We are the world. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Uh, 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 God loves everybody kind of crap because he ain't going to hear that. What you got to do is find some, some men that are strong men in the faith. And there's plenty of them, especially in the Catholic faith. There are plenty of them. And you start sending them videos about that, about masculinity and the faith. And because the reason men don't adopt the faith, because they think it's all the wusses. That's the core reason that men don't adopt the faith or they don't go to church or they, they ignore it. Because to them, it was this wussy stuff. I got to have it. I got to go work, you know. But if you, as his wife, start to lead him and guide him slowly and be patient, and while that's happening, you're praying for him and sacrificing for him and the family, eventually your husband will come. Now, you might be on your deathbed when he comes to the faith, but that is that is what it is. You know, St. Monica prayed for St. Augustine for 20 years for her son to come become, to become strong in the faith. And guess what? He's a saint now. Okay, for guys, for men, it's the same way. If you and your wife ain't going to the same, ain't going to mass together, or even not even going to the same church, then somebody has to take over that leadership, and that's got to be you. You have to guide your wife. When you learn something new about the faith, you share it with her. That's how you have conversations and stuff, you know. And don't dictate to your wife either. You know, you should be doing this, and you should be doing that. Oh man, women hate that. She'll go, man. He, I'm not. You know, I'm not your. Uh, I'm not your kids. Your kids in the other room. I'm your wife. And you don't talk to me like that. You don't direct to me. And that's another thing. Guys get that leadership thing going, and they kind of forget that their wife is a grown person, and you can't control grown people. You control kids, kids, and then that kills me. Uh, men, they will be rough with their wife and dictate to her and tell her all this stuff. And then they kids, they kids cuss them out. The kids are disrespectful. The kids don't do what they say. That doesn't make any sense to me, but that's how dudes are. I don't know. Okay. So number 27 is very important about sharing the faith passionately with your wife. And if you have passion about the, our Lord, 
she will start to have passion about our Lord. And another thing, too, is guide her in the... You guys that are Catholic have a lot of problem with this. A lot of Protestants don't have this kind of problem, you know, um, because the Catholic faith is really hard. It's very intellectual. And a lot of people, it's hard to guide because people really don't want to know about the faith, right? They lazy. So what do I mean by that? Well, when you're a Protestant, a Baptist, or a, a, a non-denominational, on Sunday, you just go to church. You sit there for two hours, huh? and then basically you're done. You don't participate, really. You might hoop and holler, but you don't participate. You might be in a choir or something. But the Protestant faith is easy. You just sit there, and you listen, you don't do nothing. And you just kind of like listen to the preacher, and then when you're done, if you want to go to Bible study, you do. If you don't, you don't have to. During the week, if you pray, you pray, you can't pray, you pray, you want to, whatever. You just vocal prayer all the time. And that's kind of like the Protestant life, you know, which is cool. I mean, if that's where we, that's where you start. You got to start somewhere, right? The Catholic faith ain't like that. If you are a Catholic man and you're trying to lead your wife to the Catholic faith, man, you got to educate yourself about the faith. And that's the thing about the Protestant and wise might be on the same page. What I just said is the Catholic faith is, I mean, the Protestant faith is a good place to start as a Christian. Because like I told you, I didn't have nothing. I had to start somewhere, right? And that's it. But as we move through the journey of connecting with God and being close to him and understanding what he wants from us and being saints, you have to move on. You have to rise to certain levels of the Christian faith. And that is why the Catholic faith is not as easy. It's more intellectual and it's a lot harder to, to understand because God's faith is not a baby faith. It is a very strong and powerful faith. And the more you move through it and journey through it, you start to realize that. And the Catholic church is why they say the Catholic church is the fullness of the faith. Okay. And so what does that mean? You have the Catholic church gives you all these tools and all these readings and scriptures and all these things to help you grow in prayers, spiritual warfare, and all these things to help you as a man grow closer to God and as a woman to grow closer to God. And then the scales are taken off your eyes. And it's not that the Protestant faith is bad. What I'm saying is it's a different level. And then as you move through the Protestant faith and grow closer to God, then you move to the church, the Catholic church, and then you start moving towards God faster and you start understanding the fullness of the faith of what the, of the Christian faith of what our Lord was trying to teach the apostles and how, what he left us. Okay. All right. And so that's what happened to me. That's kind of what happened about my journey. Okay. And I'm still learning too, just like you are. Right. Okay. The problem comes when I'm a, I'm, I'm moving in my faith and my wife ain't trying to move to her faith. So what do you do? What you do is you got to slow your butt down. You got to slow it down and you got to share your experiences, your knowledge, YouTube videos, scripture, the catechism. You got to share all of these things with your wife. So she becomes knowledgeable too, because why the more knowledge you have of God, the more you 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 you're passionate about him the more you love him the closer you want to be to him okay that's when the emotion comes in people and that's why people church hop because the person on the pulpit 
that's who they're bonded to. They're really not bonded to God. They're bonded to the man on the pulpit. And when he don't, when he's boring or he's, he doesn't, you know, he's not doing what he's supposed to do or whatever, then people go out or he makes them mad. What do they do? They church hop. Every faith does that. The Protestant faith and the Catholic faith. We all do that. It's wrong. We know it's wrong, <laughs> but we do it anyway. Okay. So I'm asking you, the reason I spent so much time on number 27 is because, man, it's important that we understand that a big reason for marriages failing is because there's no God in the marriage. There's no prayer in the marriage. It takes three to make love. You, God, and your and your wife. And if you guys aren't even going to the same church, or you don't, you're not, you're not growing together in knowledge and of in knowledge of God together, then what's happening here? You how do you spread that to the marriage? How do you spread that to your family? How do you guys come together as one, as one flesh? It's almost impossible. Okay. Now I'm talking about great marriages. If you just want a mediocre marriage, hey, keep doing what you're doing. If you want a good to great to legendary marriage, then at least consider what I'm saying. Okay, number 28. Ask her if you make her feel appreciated. This is a holy lover gift as well. It's important that we ask our wife. Don't say, don't assume you make your wife feel appreciated. Never assume that. Ask her, hey, baby, you know, do I make you feel like I love you? Do I make you feel like you're appreciated? Do I make you, you know, because with women, feelings is everything. If I feel I love you, I love you. If I feel that I don't love you, I want to leave. So an appreciation is a very big part of that, okay? Number 29, ask her if you make her feel loved. That's another thing. You know, don't assume anything about your beloved. Do not. This is where men get in trouble because we think our wife's an automobile. Well, the water pump goes out, so something's wrong. Uh, the car don't start, so something's wrong. Your wife is not an automobile. She's not an object. She is a human person. You and and we don't. And when you're doing, if you're a mechanic, when you're something's wrong with the car, you just don't assume. Oh, the car don't start. It must be the starter. Because it might not be the starter. You can't just go changing out parts without doing a diagnostic. Your wife is kind of like that. Your wife is, is um, if, if she doesn't feel loved, you got to ask her. Think, just ask her, do, do I make you feel like you're loved? Okay? Do I make you feel appreciated? Right? And then you'll get an answer if your wife feels she can talk to you. Okay? Number 30. Ask her if she makes her uh, ask her if you make her feel cherished. This is important too. Why? Because cherishing your wife is like what? I don't neglect her. I give her time. I spend time with her. I make her priority in my life. She's number one in my life. I put her on the pedestal. People these days, men these days, and and I talk about the the woman thing in a second. Men these days think they're supposed to put their wife on the pedestal. They really believe that crap. They really believe that. That I'm not supposed to put my wife on the pillow. She's just supposed to be, we we partners. No. Your wife didn't sign up for that. Our wives did not sign up for this. Our wives signed up to be made to feel special every day. And I know it's impossible to make your wife feel special every day. But that's a great goal to have. Because if your goal is to do it every day, you're going to make her feel special. Because, you know, you're going to do it so much that your wife will start to feel that way. 
Then the second part of that is women screw up their marriage because they feminist or have these feminist ideas. And then their husbands try to make them feel special, put them on a pedestal and love them. And then they, they reject them. Don't open the door for me. Don't open the door for you. How are you going to tell me how to treat you as a woman to show I love? How are you going to tell me? Right? You know, and so husbands, like I've had, I mean, I've had so many guys tell me that they're making love to their wife and then their wife says, hurry up. As a wife, do you, are you really even trying to be a real wife? Or are you just trying to be a selfish whatever? Your husband, I mean, he might not be the best lover in the world, but to tell your husband, you guys are in the middle of making love and you say, hurry up. Do you know how that hurts him? Now, most guys ain't going to say nothing. Most guys will just take it, go, well, whatever, you know, and that hurts your husband. Are you trying to hurt your husband? Are you trying to build resentment? That's another thing, women. If your husband is not treating you like you're special, like you're priority with his wife, you got to look at yourself and say, why isn't he doing that? Why is my husband not loving me properly? Why is it my husband making me feel special? Why is it my husband putting me on a pedestal? Why does my husband tell me he loves me? Why, he, why doesn't he hug me? Why does he not want to spend time with me? See, it ain't just the men. I know I talk to the men a lot, but the reason I talk to the men because they're the leaders. It's their job to embrace the things I'm telling you. Your job is to not be selfish and to be a good person and to love your husband and do the things that it takes to be a good wife too. And telling your husband when your guys are making love and being intimate to hurry up is a travesty. It's a travesty. Next. Um, uh, ask her, number 31, ask her if you make her feel protected and secure. That's a good one, gentlemen. Women, it's a big, that's a big thing for them. That's a big thing for them um, to, to know to, to, that they feel protected when they're with you, that they feel secure in your arms, that they feel that you're going to protect them from the outside world. That's very important that you guys understand that, okay? Number 32, ask her, how does she rate your marriage? Bad, good, great, or thriving? That's a tough one. That's like one of them crazy sex questions I want you to ask her. <laughs> like, because what if she says, well, it's okay. Your ma our marriage is okay. What is that? I mean, that means you got a problem. Another thing, too, if your wife says your marriage is great, think two levels down. Because <laughs> she's going to lie because she don't want to hurt your feelings and she loves you. And she don't want you to get mad. So if you ask your wife, you think our marriage is bad, good, great, or thriving, and she says, "Oh, I think it's thriving. That's really good." Then you go, "Oh, so we got it." You think, "Well, we got a good marriage, so you're probably okay." But if your wife goes, you know, uh, "It's okay, it's okay," that means you're stuck. Yo, you got a lot of work to do, bruh. That means you got a lot of work to do, and you need to get on your game. Okay. Questions with your questions and your asking questions is very important. I'm not saying interrogate your wife. I'm saying you get in where you fit in. Like, you know, instead of sitting there, you know, watching a movie for two hours and not talking, you know, that's why that's why a pausing a movie and on demand is so great. You can talk, pause the movie and ask a question. <laughs> OK, but it's good that you ask your wife things um, and so that you guys can start having good conversations. OK, number 33 in conversation. Perfect. 
ask her about her current relationship with our Lord. Ask your wife. That's another way to gauge where she's at. Like, what is she, does she feel she could be closer with God? How and, and if she goes, you know, you, you guys start thinking, well, how can we get you closer to God? How can we get me closer to God? Right. That's a good conversation to have with your wife. Um, number 34, ask her if you still excite her. That's kind of one of them like intimacy sex kind of questions. Do when I see you and I see you come in the room, do I still feel kind of fuzzy about my husband? Do I still feel like, oh my God, he's home? I can't, you know, is your wife, if she if she's not excited about you, there's a problem, right? There's a disconnect somewhere. So that's a good thing for you to look and go, hey, I, I need to look at myself and see what can I do to 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 get my wife excited about me and our relationship again. Okay. 35, ask her, is she happy? I ask my wife that one all the time. I don't play around, y'all. I don't play around. And see, I know my wife just like you know your wife. So you know when you ask that question, you know if she's pretty much telling the truth or not. Because why? You know her. If I asked your wife, is she happy? She could con me. But if you ask your wife if she's happy and you really want to know the truth and you really look and, and, and use your visual cues, you know if she's telling the truth or not. But even if she is or she isn't, your job is to find out for real, is it the, is that what's happening? Okay. Your wife has to be happy. I'm not saying happy every single day. I'm saying she's generally in a good, she's generally a loving, caring, serving woman that has a great attitude that she's not depressed and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Generally happy. Okay. Number 36, ask her, does she wish you two were closer? That's a very good question. Ask your wife, just ask her, do she wish you were closer? I've had guys that they wife, they wife have has, um, filed for divorce and he answered that question and she said, yes, I wish we were closer. Guess what? That proves my point that your wife does not want a divorce. <laughs> you know, Because she wants to be closer to you. She don't want to start over again with some other jerk or be by herself or split up her family. Okay. Almost done. Number 30, uh, number 37, ask her if there are times you take her for granted. Most women will tell you this one, even if they, even if they don't really want to, because it's so important to them. Like taking your wife for granted, as I said earlier in the show, is a quick way to lose her, um, to lose the intimacy that you guys have built up. Um, all, all you, you spend all those time, all those years dating, you spend all those years in your marriage, and then the thing taking her for granted over time just kills all that work you did. Okay, please, when there's a problem in your marriage, fix it now, don't wait. Okay, always these things that we're going over today, gentlemen, all of this really stems from what. I'm never again gonna take my wife for granted. Why? Because she is the my beloved wife. She is the mother of my children. She deserves my best every day. She deserves me, not my backside. She deserves me. She doesn't deserve seeing me, my butt walking out of the door every day. She deserves to feel like I love her and I'm I, I'm there for her. Because that's how women are. Ain't no need to get mad about it or getting frustrated about it. That's just how women are. 
when they love you, they expect certain things. And you is our job as a husband, our duty as a husband. And people don't like me saying that, that it's my duty. It's my duty. Yes, it's your duty as a man to to make sure that your wife knows that you care about her, not just by your words, but by your actions. And the only way for you to understand this is you got to talk to her. You got to ask her the tough questions. You guys got to get used to talking about things other than the kids or having fun or pleasure stuff. A lot of times the way you grow close with your wife and your husband is conversation. Like when your wife, like these things right here, will you know these questions I'm having you ask your wife and stuff? Just think if you knew the answers to all of that, you would even feel secure in your marriage. And so would your wife. He understands me. He asks me. He understands me. He's he's really concerned about what I think. Man, I'm telling you, man, this can change your life. This can change your marriage. Okay. Uh, ask her, number 38, ask her if there are times when she feels you don't appreciate her. Okay. Appreciation is another big thing. We've already talked about that enough. I'm not going to go into it. And then the last one, the last one is this gentleman. Hear me. Everybody open your ears. Get those ready. Get that radar up. That Christian soldier radar up. <laughs> Number 39. After she answers each question, no matter the answer, you should ask her why she feels this way. And when she's asked, when she's answering your question, you do not interrupt her. You do not. You just sit there and you listen. Believe it or not, many women and the reason that couples cannot, they argue, they fight so much is because they won't listen to each other. They've gotten this habit of, well, when she makes me mad, I just interrupt what she said. It don't matter. When he makes me mad, I just interrupt him. So guess what? The disrespect is on both sides and then y'all start to resent each other. This is why when your wife is talking, it's so important to show that you are very serious about knowing her answers, you're very serious about understanding her as a woman, as a as your wife, that you just listen. And 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 don't be thinking about what you want to say. Just focus on what she's saying. And when she's done, you ask her, why does she feel that way? Basically, what have I done as your husband to make you feel unappreciated? Please tell me. I really want to know. And when you come at your wife like that, most women will tell you if the, if the conversation is not all heated and people ain't getting frustrated, people aren't, you know, and, and you know, we, you know, and you actually listen to me to each other. If it's a calm, loving conversation that we're trying to, you know, info information, you know, gather information, then you will be surprised at how your marriage will take off. Okay, so bringing it all together, gentlemen, bringing it all together on the last last show of the week. So remember, your marriage is the most important relationship on this earth in conjunction with our Lord It's the relationship that is the branch and vine for all others. Intimacy can enhance your marriage to greatness and the lack of it can send your marriage to the depths of hell. You must ask yourself as a husband, am I willing to do the hard work it takes to foster intimacy each and every day? Or will I remain aloof, lazy, and absent as a husband? Believe me, I know 
Fostering great intimacy outside the bedroom can be a chore, but is it worth the failure of a marriage that was once on the road to greatness? And more important, is it worth a non-existent or almost non-existent sex life inside the bedroom? As always, if you want something to be good in your marriage, you must seek to make it good yourself first. Then your wife will follow and add to it. Most wives understand that you have many things to do to help her run your marriage, family, and home. But they won't put up with neglect forever. And you as a husband must realize this. Plus, you must at all times remember that uns- remember that unsaid promise that we husbands make upon asking our wife to marry us. The unsaid promise is you will love me forever. You will always make sure that I am the top priority in your life. You will date me and make me feel special forever and never place your needs above mine. All right. I was told that I'm having technical difficulties. You can probably hear me now. I don't know what happened, but hey, we are done. And that's a good thing. Matt, can you hear me now? Um, so, uh, that being said, um, I, I hope that you guys got something out of this show today and the last two shows. Um, it's important and I hope that you view it the same. And so we will go ahead and, uh, end for today, um, because it looks like that I am not being heard. Um, let me see. Ah, good. He hears me. Thanks, Matt. You are always Matt. I want to hire you as my technical, my technical person <laughs> to, to keep me on track. <laughs> oh, but hey, that being said, I'm so glad that you gentlemen stayed here. Um, and if you're ladies, you know, I'm glad you're here too. Um, you know, because you gotta learn how your husband thinks, what he thinks, and how to get him right. Okay. Um, that being said. Intimacy outside the bedroom, gentlemen, it is, it is, it is probably the most, if not the top five most important gifts of a holy lover. Understanding how your wife thinks and conversation and her intimate, what she looks as, what she looks at as being intimate. And man, it's not just the physical stuff. It's not just going on a, you know, buying her flowers or going on a three day weekend or going on vacation or all of that. It's, it's a big, big, it's a big bubble that you always shoot at your wife, all these things that is a complete thing. And of course I know marriage is complicated, but once you learn the habits, it's not as complicated. It's not nearly as complicated as you think. And again, if you want more help um, to learn how to be that great husband and, 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 uh, and build a marriage that, that spans the ages, then go to SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and and let me give up give me a give me a, give us a chance to help you. Okay. All right. That being said, we are done for today. And as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, and I'm so glad he made this quote. Ah, I love it. Society offers you comfort, but you were made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now, go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you fast. Pray and prepare for battle.
Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!